0: You don't sound autistic. uh, What does an autistic person sound like? You're autistic? Yeah, I'm I'm telling you that. You don't even look autistic. What? what We're talking about... Yeah, but I don't buy it. But I I was diagnosed with autism and ADHD and anxiety and depression. You don't sound autistic. Welcome back to episode four... No, I'm not going to do that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What episode are we in?
0: Fourteen. Oh. Episode 14, even numbers. Remember last time I was saying it was numbers. 13. Creepy, creepy. Now we're on the 31st. Oh, no, it's 13 just backwards.
1: <laughs> I would not have noticed that, but you're right. Should we keep going? We should.
0: All right. Welcome back to You Don't Sound Autistic. I'm Blake. And I'm Rochelle. And I'm autistic. And I'm not. But not according to some people.
1: Well, <laughs> that is becoming um, a trend, yes. Yeah.
0: Um. <clears> so, Uh. yeah, we, uh, we missed a week, but we have a long month. Uh, this month October is extra long so we fit four episodes in um, so thank you for bearing with us don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your preferred platform so you can be notified of the newest episodes when they're released don't forget to also join the Facebook group join the group, join the conversation we appreciate everyone mm-hmm. uh, that joins the group that chimes in um, it's awesome it's awesome so, we, and if you have any suggestions or any notes for, well, keep your notes to yourself. But if you have any suggestions... <laughs> send if, your notes to me. If you, yeah, send your notes to Rochelle. I'm sensitive. Um, but if you have any suggestions or topics you'd like to hear us cover on an episode, we will take that into consideration because we are running out of ideas. No. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. No, we have plenty of stuff to talk about today. Uh, we also want to, again, welcome our listeners from outside the United States and those Absolutely. within the United States. We've got uh listeners from all over i think we added some listeners from australia we did which is pretty cool and some from the uk g'day uh, sorry about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you do a great accent in no
0: that. sometimes i do no my friend carl is the one that he's like you oh, know for a yank you do a pretty good australian accent yeah so but i'm gonna keep the rest of my australian accent to myself i got in trouble actually in my stand-up class i'm taking a stand-up class right for doing some accents
1: really yeah
0: and so they were deemed offensive, so I had to stop doing them. Oh, uh,
1: that's a shame. But
0: do- maybe it's just for the class. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But I'm woke. But I I feel like I'm welcome to offend everyone that's listening here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no. And today we're recording on Halloween, spooky. Happy Halloween. Spooky, spooky Halloween, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe we should kick off by talking about the Halloween festivities that we've done so far with Declan, things that uh, I didn't know were available to the general public. And also, you know, just to kind of talk about alternatives to trick or treating, we may or may not be trick or treating tonight uh, because Rochelle is very sensitive.
1: I'm sensitive to his capacity. Yes. I think we may have extended it. We've overextended it at this point. think so. I do. But um I don't think it'll be a detriment this year. I mean he's he'll be 3 next month. Right. So he's gotten
0: um, a lot of hollow. He's he's had some he's been quite the Halloweener, if you will.
1: He, he has. He's had a full straight week of Halloween. I mean, yeah. I don't think he'll miss tonight and tonight we're going to get real candy if we were to go and we're already struggling to hide the little bit of candy he does have and oh my goodness, can this child smell sugar through the cabinet? So like I cannot hide sugar I in this in house. I got in trouble
0: for for bringing home cotton candy
1: yeah well we splurged and gave him cotton candy at the pumpkin patch What was it two weeks ago and now he's very aware of what it is and that stuff goes i mean he's on a sugar-free diet gluten-free casein-free diet as it is so cotton candy (laughs) kind of went straight to his brain
0: i think that's your refrigerator making that noise
1: oh well good maybe it's maybe it's healing
0: but as far as so um i'm still trying to convince rochelle that we should do something for halloween as far as trick-or-treating is concerned we'll see how that goes I feel like it will be a losing battle but we did do some trick-or-treating we went to boo at the zoo here in Atlanta which was pretty cool it was Um, actually
1: I was really impressed uh, by the organization of it and the whole structure of it I mean it was really well attended and I had multiple weekends so you weren't like we didn't have to go this weekend right we went last weekend thinking it was gonna be a little bit less crowded and I would say it was still in high attendance always
0: go early Especially if you have a sensitive sense, a sensory seeking or sensory sensitive. Because even if they're sensory seeking, I feel like they could get sensory overloaded. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he, they had little booths set up to where we could go trick or treating. So we're trying to teach him to say trick or treating. Of course, he doesn't really want to talk very much. I'm very, very talkative today.
1: But they did a good job of not requiring him to speak in order to get candy. Like they were very accommodating. And I think for us, more importantly, it was about, I mean, Let's back up. Okay. Halloween and Beep. the concept of trigger treating. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did you eat the cotton candy? No. Huh? I don't know
0: what's going on. I'm 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 feeling all like jazzed Risky. up. Yeah, that's I'm okay. Frisky. That's 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 code for horny. I'm not feeling horny.
1: Oh, I don't view it I I define the word differently. But anyways, my point is that He doesn't have a frame of reference for this cultural thing that we do where we dress up in costumes and we go around knocking on doors and say trick or treat and you get candy. It's like that's a totally learned experience. (laughs) Right. And we knew that his school was going to be um, celebrating, you know, with some sort of event. And we're like, oh, shoot, we need to prepare him because he has no idea what this is. And, and, um, I learned from Easter that, you know, he didn't have any concept of running around and picking the eggs off the ground. So he was, you know, he didn't, he probably got the least out of all the students. And I felt bad as a parent going, okay, I underprepared him. So Halloween comes and he's six months older. So this boo at the zoo was great because we got to show him and teach him sort of what the process is and the reward for going up and even approaching them. I and mean, he didn't have to say anything, but he got candy. So he was like, "Oh, I get it. There's an exchange for my courage, you know, um, to interact." I
0: walk up in a timid manner and go, and then they <laughs> hand me food. Well, because he didn't say trick or treat.
1: He did it. But remember, um, as the day went on, and we were only there for two hours, the volume of his voice got considerably lower. Like right. every twenty minutes, like and the volume
0: of people grew.
1: Yeah, it was a tough combination to because you could you could hear him like, you know, and he wanted to walk. He didn't want to be in a stroller and he didn't want to be held. So you could just hear "mommy, mommy," and you're like, oh gosh, what are you saying? You know, right.
0: speak up, buddy.
1: But so so that was something to, to take into consideration as you're like listening to all the cues, you know, the verbal and nonverbal cues. But more importantly, it was just about teaching him the concept
0: right and luckily for us because we do have season passes to the zoo it, if i mean that's actually probably a, a good point to make too is that if you're going to go to a a theme park or a the zoo type location or mm-hmm. anything where you can become a season pass mm-hmm. or season you know season ticket holder it sounds like you're going to the world series but if you can hit, get season passes then you can at least plan on going for a certain amount of time. And then if there's a meltdown or if you need to turn around, then you didn't waste a hundred bucks right. to go for an hour or mm-hmm. 30 minutes or something. Cause there, you know, he, he had to be a trooper because we wanted to get the most out of the experience for him and for ourselves so that we can feel like we act. we barely saw anything. Mm-hmm. But for, I think that we did as well as could be expected considering we had to get him into his costume. Yep.
1: Which he's never really been conscious of before. I mean, we just put him in Buzz Light Light Lightyear last year. That's five times fast.
0: You're right. Yeah.
1: Um, and he had no concept of it because we, you know, two years old. So, I think the other really important point you're making there is like picking your venue and and making it a familiar place you go to often, making that season pass worth it because. The only downside to the zoo, although it's really cool to see the animals, you know, and he's in that animal phase where he's trying to learn names and yeah. labeling and commenting and, and things like that. But there's, you have to walk a fair amount of distance between all the en- enclosures. Right. You know, before you see anything of value. And even then, it's like trying to show him where the tiger is behind the bamboo and the massive, you know, enclosurement. Then it's a little bit more frustrating. I think we did better at the aquarium. Um, I agree. But, but so I think the recommendation I'd say before you just go buy season passes to everything or family passes is go once um, and don't buy any passes until the second time because your first experience you're kind of on this, you know, discovery. You're, you know, you don't really know how well you're going to react to it until you're there the second time. Like, is this something we can sustain?
0: Fine. You shut. You, you shut down my whole season pass idea
1: no i think you're but on the season pass we just we learned just from our own experience like we went to the zoo we immediately bought the season passes the first time we're like we'll be back and of course we knew we were headed into summer so we were going to cut out those months because it's hot as heck here but we come back to the zoo and we're like wow you know we did better at the aquarium than the zoo but we already bought the zoo right so um i think we were smart to buy it because we'll continue to use it over the course of these colder months. Um, but we also learned that we do very well at the aquarium because it, I don't know whether it's like the whole place is blue or it's the water. Or I think there's just
0: more to see because everything is like everything that you can walk up to. If they're fish, they right. can't. They can't go. They don't. When was the last time you well? When was the last time you saw a fish sleep? never you know as opposed to the lines like <laughs> like lions yeah, yawning and or they're not and the, hiding. they're not really doing anything like they, walk don't, all the way up they don't they don't have to take the there. fish and move them from the sleeping tank right to the wake tank right they're just fish right that's a you know that's that's a fascinating point i just brought up Want to <laughs> let you know oh no here we go here we go <laughs> no yeah. i'm serious when we was the to, last time we'll you saw like a like a shark with a pillow Taking a nap.
1: Well, they sleep differently. You watched all those shark things with. Him. Anyways, we digress. We're on Halloween.
0: Okay, right. Halloween. So
1: I think it was very successful. I think you're right. The fact that we had season passes made it less stressful for us as parents because it didn't matter how long the event was going to last for us that day. We knew that we'd already, you know, benefited. We you know didn't. what we
0: did see? Flamingos. We did. We saw the shit out of the flamingos. They were cool. Yeah. There, um, you know a fun fact about flamingos which has nothing to do with Halloween okay is that uh, my understanding is that they obtain their pink color from the shrimp or whatever their food is actually what keeps them that's probably I I probably eat too much tr- shrimp because I have a very shrimpish shrimpish color of <laughs> my skin you do I do I eat a lot of shrimp so me and the flamingos okay that's actually that, found, was my, that was my that was my my nickname in high school is Blake Flamingo verdict
1: well, that's uh, that's crazy. Did you know that? I did not. No, I didn't,
0: I didn't either. I just made it up.
1: <laughs> Overall, I think it was a fantastic event, and that actually was a great precursor because then at school a few days later, when we dressed him up and told him, "Oh, you're going to go get candy," um, he knew exactly what to do. He felt confident. It wasn't a brand new environment. Like, you know, it's scary when you're faced with a a moment where it's like, "Hey, perform or do this thing," and you're like, "I don't even know what's going on." You know, then it, you can't enjoy anything at that point because you're, you're too busy learning. Right. And then so today um, we found, uh, thanks to my sister, actually, I was just saying to my sister, uh, I was actually, co- the one point of complaint that I had about the zoo um, is that it was not necessarily sensory sensitive. It was far more, like, I'll say neurotypically s- planned because there were some really loud oh, the music, music. Yeah. in congregational settings and places like around the food you know and and i would be okay with the music if it wasn't these big loud speakers right on the ground right that you had to walk by and so even i was
0: it would be cool if there were more places that had like a sensory sensitive sunday mm-hmm. type of deal
1: it would be or or they just had speakers that were kind of up in the you know in the tops of something so it's, it's above your head it just diffuses the sound a little bit better you know this being read on the ground and kind of pushing that vibration through the concrete You didn't like
0: listening to Thriller?
1: At high sp- uh, high volume? No. At high speed? High speed. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. High speed Thriller. High speed audio sound. No, I didn't enjoy it. And it actually made it very frustrating for you and I to try and communicate, which we've already mentioned before. Like, if you and I can't communicate... Clearly, while we're trying to navigate him in the middle of a crowd, like that's a recipe for disaster for pretty much all three of us. True. You add the fact that we're still in the middle of the day, we're in costumes, we're getting a little hot, plus we're wearing masks for safety. You know, you add all that stuff up, you talk about capacity, we've way blown the threshold there.
0: I have not blown anyone.
1: It's <laughs> not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You I have not
0: blown anyone named Threshold.
1: Okay, fair enough. Okay. But but there it goes. There's our capacity, not as just as individuals, but uh I would as like to point
0: out that me and Declan had matching costumes.
1: You did. I
0: pay, I played Peter Vankman.
1: You did and he played, and he
0: played um egon spangler yep there you from go. the ghostbusters you
1: even knew the first name yeah that's blake buster at work because right i'm there, ladies and gentlemen right there <laughs> egon? I'm a nerd. i did not i don't think i would have ever known his first name was egon don't you remember
0: that from the second movie they, they there do was the a second movie ghostbusters 2
1: oh yeah I, that's the
0: one with the pink slime there's oh, okay, there's the yeah, scene when they're like getting ready to like smoke some ghosts mm-hmm. look back bust some goats at go bust Goatbusters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah having fun yeah having fun having the best time um but no there's a stupid scene where they're like turning on their uh their proton packs Uh and it and bankman says doe and then ray says ray and then egon says egon
1: i never would have remembered that
0: you don't know doe ray egon Uh -uh. classic line
1: oh anyway
0: um and oh and so and rochelle played a what played (laughs) what did you dress up as again a witch Yes. What were you?
1: I had a fantastic velvet green hooded cape. Okay. I looked amazing.
0: So, um, yes, Ghostbusters.
1: <laughs> it was fun. No, I just thought
0: it was fun. I, I don't know. I, I like
1: got a lot. Of I mean, for being shy, you know, and and being kind of a little more, a little bit more nonverbal in the crowd because of the popularity of Ghostbusters right now, and there were so few of you dressed in Ghostbusters, you guys got a lot of attention.
0: Well, and they had a Ghostbusters. They had a group. Of uh, Ghostbuster people there, that was kind of cool. They had like their Ghostbuster proton packs. I I didn't I, I wasn't gonna really sp- spend cool. the extra seventy dollars for the proton pack that backpack that was probably just yeah and inflatable. the goggles and they had a oh, lot yeah. of
1: equipment like they were and all kinds of cool stuff that was cool.
0: Um, and so Declan because he was dressed as a Ghostbuster, the Ghostbusters gave him an an ATL because we're in Atlanta near Atlanta gave him a little ATL button Ghostbusters mm-hmm. Atlanta which like I thought was pretty crew. cool. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I didn't get one though.
1: Well, you too can share it because he takes it off.
0: Okay, cool, thanks. So, um, and then today. Uh be- because of Rochelle's uh, sister, we um, we noticed that, and this is something that I'm curious to see if they do it next year, mm-hmm. uh, because there, nobody was there. Well, I was, was complaining
1: there. about the music, and I was like, oh, we just need a place that's sensory sensitive. Like, I liked the zoo, and it was cool and all, and we got to teach him how, but man, that damn music. Like, it was loud, and it was obnoxious, and we need a sensory sensitive place. I kid you not, you know, as the way cell phones listen in on everything right now, 24 hours later... She gets an ad pushed to her f- through Facebook from Chuck E. Cheese of all places, some place I haven't ever really tuned into in my. Oh lifetime. yeah, what
0: did Chuck say?
1: Chuck said that they have a sensory sensitive Sunday, and they actually run it at select locations every single Sunday, not just Halloween, but every single Sunday in select locations. They offer they open early from nine a.m. to eleven a.m. to um, offer a sensory sensitive environment for. You know, kids with autism or other special needs and, and they didn't have the music on and, you know. It well, was, they
0: did. It was just really like all the sounds were low well, or, or only on the
1: stage. Like the overhead right. music wasn't on.
0: The, I will say this, though, <laughs> not to pick on our own kid. Why, my favorite part of this morning <laughs> was when Chucky e. Cheese came out. Like the guy dressed as Chuck E. Cheese, and Declan was not having it he at was all. Terrified. Decl- so de- they have this little train ride that you can, you know, you, you can play, and the train just goes in a really slow circle. Chuck E. Cheese walks up and he's trying to give Declan a high five, and immediately <laughs> Declan's like looking around. He's like, "Mom." mom what the fuck is up with the <laughs> giant rat
1: he said mom help and i've been teaching him help this week mom help mom help i was like what is that oh shoot so and yeah.
0: then see so poor chuck whoever the you know he got Phil, totally denied was like hey And you could see he was kind of like dancing and moving and then he was kind of like what do i do now i guess i'll just, I just just fade into <laughs> in oblivion the background it was so funny
1: and he tried again when the other s- kids started to show up yeah. closer you know like past 11 and the other families were coming in um he came out again and he came by declan and Declan just stared him down like dude i see you was don't he freaking out me. though that oh time? yeah yeah he climbed over me like to get away from him he wanted to be on the opposite side so there's I had to something be the about that
0: like kids sometimes do get th- th- there's actually i think that there's a uh a pho- like a legitimate phobia i don't know what it's called but like where people are afraid, yeah, I mean, of I, costumed
1: absolutely people. It can be it can be terrifying. So I mean, that's that's another one of those nonverbal cues. Of course, you're looking at it, going, okay, well, you have no frame of reference for this. Yes, the guy is huge. You don't even know who Chuck E. Cheese is until 20 minutes ago. But you know the the presence of that big head and the fact that you can't, you know, just actually talking about this, it's like Declan really relies on being able to see people's faces right. when he interacts with them, and he's actually accommodated. Sorry, that's not the word acclimated very well to this pandemic. And he's been learning all of his, you know, speech and communication and social interactions through the pandemic with masks. But he's able to lock into the little changes that our eyes make with different facial expressions. And he uses that to kind of get his bearings and know how to interact. And in a masked costume like that, he's like, oh, my God, he has nothing to kind of reciprocate with so i'll bet that was part of why he was freaking out right maybe so i it's something to consider but all the, my hat's off to Chuck E. cheese i think
0: yeah we got there and there were no there was nobody there i
1: sent blake in to be like make sure they're still open don't make me get him out of the car if it's wrong
0: so yeah i walked in and the the lady that worked there was really nice so if they do that again i think we'll we might try it again another time but that's that's the kind of stuff that um you know as a parent with a child with, you know, that has autism Mm -hmm. to find these types of Mm -hmm. uh, little nuggets of... of, um,
1: Opportunity. uh, Yeah, Yeah. nuggets of opportunity. But it's not just for the kid, right? I mean, I think one of the other things that we keep sort of discovering is that because we as a family are working with a blend of different, you know, non-neurotypical things. So, you know, you yourself have different needs um he has different needs i have different needs we try and work together as a unit we need a place as a group that's a little bit less overwhelming a little bit less crowded just so we can kind of coordinate because you know it does take us a little bit longer sometimes to 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 connect sorry. in a loud i'm still
0: laughing about Chuck E. cheese getting dissed by our kid <laughs> sorry that's okay, well, we'll- i just saw him like because there was nobody there it was just and it us. was like
1: five four
0: three two one here comes chucky i mean
1: it was a lot of pressure too for declan
0: yeah well as this giant mouse walked over to him Declan (laughs) was like nope okay (laughs) do you remember
1: when he dived over the he dove over the back he was
0: reaching because he was he's on the train and the train was moving so he was diving like to move away from Uh chucky cheese because he did not want to high five then rochelle high-fived him and declan was just still like no 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 Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to...
1: No, it's okay. I'm just laughing over here. So I appreciate that, I think. And I think, honestly, with those three Halloween events, that probably maxes him out because he's used to having downtime. So I was thinking about it like this after we got back from Chuck E. Cheese, you know, and this is true for every single person and something that we don't spend enough time to, to protect, which is if you're going to go about your day, even if you're doing something, you know, Halloween or holiday themed you're either going to be in input input mode or in processing mode. And it's really difficult to do both at the same time. So, you know, we've just introduced him to a week's worth of all brand new things. So that's a lot to kind of take in and think about and process and categorize and file in his mind and, and be done. And so if he has constant events, you know, and I know... We we don't usually go out to dinner a lot, but we've done that a little bit this weekend. We've had extra little things we've been trying to do. So there's only so right. much. My
0: mom's been here.
1: I know. I'm excited to see her tonight.
0: But I'm, uh, my point but with that is that it, it's, it's another element is then he's there's this person that's around that he's, right. and then she left right. and then she's going to come back.
1: All these little points means he has to go back into input mode Right and come out of processing mode. And he's used to having a considerable amount of time of processing mode. And in processing mode, I mean, I'm basically saying like unstructured free time to play or, you know, build things or, um, you know, bath or, you know, just all those little things that don't require him to learn something new in that moment. And it's important that as a family, you're taking inventory of like what's the overall schedule, and and it's one of those things I think we take for granted because when when your whole family and this is generations ago, but when the whole family was just neurotypical and you know there weren't a lot of these needs, then you could just pack your schedule ridiculously full and you just went 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 and and it was this thing and that thing and and you didn't really ever stop and take notice of it, and everyone just sort of adapted. But adaptability is one of those areas where you need some extra processing time with neurodiversity. And so it's something we need to be more conscious of. And at the same time, you think, oh, it's a holiday. You just push through it. But, you know, I don't think that's a fair way to put anyone into a, um, a fight or flight because that's what happens. You're in, the, in processing mode. You're in rest and digest in your central nervous system. You're calmer. Your immune system is working. You're... You know, um, all the neurochemicals are sending that really, um, that kind of restorative feel to the body. But when you're in input mode, you're kind of in fight or flight. And it's a totally different neurochemical experience and one that I think that um, neurodiversity lives in more often. So because the percentages between the two are more, leaning towards fight or flight on a regular basis, it's important to make sure you're not inadvertently adding to that just because for holiday festivities. And this is going to come up again in Thanksgiving. It's going to come up again in Christmas. Like this is that period of time where... And his birthday. Well, and we have two birthdays mixed in there. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah. But mine won't really be celebrated. I think once you have a kid, you can just say bye-bye to your birthday.
1: Maybe. But the end of the year for everyone is back to back Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Right. Um, I mean,
0: that's been my whole life. Has been Halloween, um, Hanukkah. You know, d- Halloween, different birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Right. All back to back.
1: So these are just general considerations moving into this time of the year. Right. Yep. So I think it was a win. We did a good job.
0: Yeah. A lose for Chucky. <laughs> I feel bad for that guy. Well, we have a, a few more points Declan. left
1: on our card, so. We'll have to go back. Yeah, I mean, the first time we do things, he
0: actually we, did better at Dave and Buster's. All things considered,
1: I was just going to say that. Now I think he did better in the air hockey and the games because they're you know definitely more right. built for his size and whatnot. But he actually didn't seem overwhelmed by the really loud music and the lights. But he was easier for him to get lost as he turned a corner. Sure. So. Um,
0: no, I think I think that uh, it's been it's funny because when I walked in, the the woman was like, oh. Um, have you been here before? And I was like, uh, "Yeah, 30 years ago." <laughs> it's been a while, right? And but I'm back, <laughs>
1: <laughs> right?
0: Don't call it a comeback, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was just kind of funny because now I remember the last time I went to Chuck E. Cheese it was, yeah, I was I would have been with my dad.
1: I never went. I never went. I know, um, you
0: told me about that earlier. It's it it's quite the story. It's yeah, sad. it's
1: not worth it. But I do appreciate that. I mean it's I remember today thinking why didn't we just come here before? Why did we think Dave and Buster's was going to be a worthwhile adventure? Like because
0: we were selfish adults.
1: I didn't know I did not know that this is what Chuck E Cheese was.
0: What do you think Chuck E Cheese was?
1: I've never been in there. I wouldn't You know. literally had no I'd idea what to expect. I've been Chuck E Cheese. No. I oh hadn't been to Dave and Buster's until you and I met.
0: That's so weird.
1: I know. I just had a different life. So I remember when they were first describing what Dave and Buster's is I was like, it's just a place where you go and play games. What is that? Like, that's literally... I had no... What if you walked
0: reference? in and got a pie in the face like, the second <laughs> you walked in a Chuck Cheese? <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> no. But you know what? I think one of the other reasons it was easier, at least for me personally, to relax and enjoy this um, Halloween weekend, although Halloween's not totally my holiday, but the evaluations...
0: Psh, so, So ruin it for everyone else.
1: Sorry. But... The evaluations we just completed um, a two week process. Actually, for me, it's oh been a that
0: is that was the best transition, wasn't it? Oh my god! I'm
1: relaxed because the school evaluations are complete, and we now have. Did we talk
0: about these before?
1: No, we, you no. We went into the other thing, and
0: you need a smoother transition, homie. You can't go from a hard right from Halloween to no. to well, bo- to boring evaluation we'll start stuff. Over. Yeah, you got a smooth. You got know, to you gotta I'm smooth jazz yourself. Speaking
1: into this. personally for myself about how I was able to enjoy today better than last week because, okay. for me at least, now this IEP meeting has been complete. What, what does now IEP stand weighing for? Weighing on in? the back of my mind, it's an Individual Education Plan. Oh. So this is so.
0: I thought it was individual's extended penis.
1: No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Too much. Too much.
0: All right. I take it back. Okay. What does it mean again? Individuals?
1: It's an individual education plan. Education
0: plan. Nothing to do with
1: These are created by the county, by the school county. Right. um, And they are used to help identify students who need uh, additional accommodations and or learning environments or um, just additional help throughout their education career.
0: Okay. Tell me more. I know you will.
1: Is it my turn <laughs> to talk about this? Oh boy. Okay. Well, just do me
0: a favor when you're done talking and you look at me and I have no idea I have that puzzled look on my face, <laughs> just keep going. Just
1: keep going. Just rock. Okay. Rock
0: on by.
1: Well, so just to start very plainly, there are two different types of Spice em-
0: it up with a little entertainment though.
1: You're giving me mixed messages. No,
0: I'm saying, you know, throw okay, throw so a little f- pizzazz in there.
1: Back in July, we met with a developmental pediatrician,
0: Ooh.
1: and that was a two-hour evaluation followed by a, a diagnostic um, follow-up report two weeks later.
0: I need this to be pizzazzier.
1: I don't know how to do pizzazz. Um, that provided us with all of his medical diagnosis and um, all the paperwork we were going to need for support services and... Right. And everything like that. And so he's been in a program, which I really am grateful to the state of Georgia for, um, called Babies Can't Wait. And it's an early intervention program that his original pediatrician referred us to. And they have been providing us with uh, occupational therapy and speech therapy this year.
0: For the longest time, I thought it was Babies Can Wait. So I was like, well, that seems odd. You're like, that baby can wait. (laughs) <laughs> no. Then I was like, babies can't wait. Oh, that makes more sense.
1: Yeah, no, babies can't wait because the idea of early intervention is a really solid plan. That you know, the more we identify, the earlier we can identify some of these challenges or deficits, and then work to build them up using this developmental time. Then the the less support they may need as they as they age. You know, getting them kind of back on track in certain areas. Um, right. And then they age out of the program at age three. So the, the program... Which
0: we're coming up on in a couple of weeks.
1: Yes. And so at least here, we have to start the program. Sorry. We have to start the process with the local school county six months before he turns three. So that right. you have time to go through all of the necessary steps. So this is something I've been working on for a long time. And two weeks ago... We met with the school evaluators, and there were four of them, um, a school psychologist, an occupational therapist, a speech therapist, and the lead evaluator. And it was kind of an intense meeting, but they rapid-fired questions at Declan for about, you know, an hour and a half. And they took him through cognitive, um, fine and gross motor skills. They took him through um, nonverbal and verbal uh, Mm -hmm. testing. They took him through um, different occupational things. They took him through different speech, you know, processes. They listened for his speech during the evaluation. They watched how he handled everything. And then um, we met with them two days ago for their eligibility review. Review. Right. And so this is a, this has really been, um, Let me find my words. It has been a very interesting (laughs) process because, you know, there's not a lot of prep. I I, I researched a lot of videos on how to prepare for an IEP meeting. And there's like these 30 second, 45 second things and nothing was really helpful. But what I can say at the end of it is um, there's the most thing that you can prepare for is just really knowing your child because it wasn't just Declan that they rapid-fired questions at, which I was prepared for, but they also rapid-fired questions at me.
0: Right. They didn't ask me anything.
1: Well, I was grateful that they let you um, appear virtually because of COVID. Uh, I think there would have been a two-parent thing, but there were, of these four evaluators, one to three of them were rapid-firing questions at me at the same time, while one to two of them were working with him um,
0: him being Declan, not me.
1: Declan. Fair enough. So it gets overwhelming. And then, you know, they do that on purpose, I think, to distract you so that you can't, like, hover and interfere with the testing or, you know, kind of helicopter parent your kid through it. You need, really need to stand back and let them evaluate the child on their own. And, and at the same time, like, they need the parental report to fill in a lot of the pieces that they don't have time or, that, or an ability to really fully evaluate. And it's a combination of everything they see and they hear and they ask and they record in order to come back with his eligibility so we were prepared for the worst case like we were uh, we, in july when we met with his doctor his doctor prepared us for a specific plan when he turned three
0: right he was basically going to be going to specialized preschool and then aba therapy
1: yeah um, every day Every day. So like half a day of specialized preschool and half a day of ABA therapy is supposed to be like 40 hour a week between the two. Right. And somehow you and I are supposed to maintain jobs and get him to an hour of occupational therapy and an hour of speech therapy. And we were looking at it going, how in the heck is this going to work? Heck. Or I was, at least.
0: I think it's funny that I'm dropping F-bombs and you're like, well, gee willikers.
1: (laughs) I just... Think differently. How the
0: heck? <laughs> Sorry. Why the heck did I inter, 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 uh, intervene? Go ahead. Continue.
1: So overall, because of the early intervention and occupational therapy we've done, he actually tested really high in fine and gross motor skills to the point where they felt like he was developing, although delayed, in um, in areas including speech and uh, that seems reasoning. to be the
0: biggest concern speech. is his speech. I would that that's that would be my biggest concern because it's the most obvious.
1: It was our biggest concern when he was evaluated a year ago with babies can't wait. The the reason we didn't go with it is because um his sensory needs were so unmet and he couldn't sit still for more than 30 seconds and he was running around from thing to thing like it was like toddlers on sugar. It just he couldn't ever sit down and focus and so the at that point the um recommendation was made not to move forward with speech because he wouldn't be able to sit and gain anything from it until his occupational therapy had had a chance to kind of help him settle into his body a little bit more. Right. So now that what the results of this is, hey, we've done that, we've achieved that benchmark, his occupational therapy has worked so well that he can now adapt into a classroom for the most part because these the school is only looking at Um, his delays from an
0: educational standpoint.
1: Yeah. So it's not quite the same. So they're like, well, yeah, he may have OT needs, but it doesn't interrupt his school so much. So we don't need to, you know, put that level in. So actually he's going to get to stay where he's at in his current daycare, which is a place we very, very much like. Uh, It's very play-based and very structured. And we, we, we like and trust the director's, and they are just going to bring um, service providers into his environment once a week and treat him there.
0: Right. So he'll get speech for an hour a week, and then he'll get specialized instruction from a special ed teacher mm-hmm. for an additional hour a week. So mm-hmm. two hours total.
1: Two hours total. With the p- but they'll also be evaluating him every single week. So when and then what
0: is it? Every four and a half weeks, we'll get like a, a report. progress report.
1: Well, and I when hope he's doing good. <laughs> well, at least he won't be able to hide them.
0: That's right. I want to see those good grades.
1: That's right. Well, so the cool thing is, though, um, is that <clears throat> even though we're losing his OT through Babies Can't Wait when he turns three, if the evaluators on any given week start to notice that, okay, now we've taken that away, and although it didn't demonstrate a need during the evaluation because he was currently getting OT at that time, now we're seeing that he needs it back very quickly. They can recall the IEP team and they can add that service back in. So it's not like if we, we, it's not like we have to add everything right at the beginning. We have the ability to tweak this. And actually, they said we'll tweak this now, all the way through high school, right? Which is like incredibly comforting to think. Oh my gosh, my my child has got kind of a guardian angel, and I, and I know that this is going to require a lot of parental. Um,
0: yeah, we're going to have to keep an eye on them. I didn't realize I'll tell you what kids I didn't realize that having a kid was gonna be this much fun
1: (laughs) I bet you didn't yeah well so that was that I thought it was gonna be
0: a lot more Chuck E. Cheese and a lot less evaluations
1: I think that's probably fair I think you probably did
0: but that's okay but I had a blast of Chuck E. Cheese
1: it was fun I kind of felt like a piece of my you know, childhood was missing when I realized what I could have been there.
0: Oh, you missed the Chuck E. Cheese that was existing in the 80s when all the rides, like they had rides and stuff in there. That oh, gosh. They had like a little uh, rocket ship where you would hit a button and then no like way. a rocket would go up and what? down. Yeah. Oh, super dangerous probably.
1: Oh, no way.
0: And there were way more video games.
1: Yeah, I didn't have to It was more know. of like an
0: arcade. Wow. Like this, this one, like arcade games now are 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 more like you just hit a button. And a ball falls or flies or mm-hmm. moves, whereas, like, you know, they had, like, Paperboy and right. Mario Brothers and all that kind of stuff back in the day. Anyway, well, was, so but, but uh, back to the evaluation. Well, the, th- the main thing I thought we were going to talk about, the evaluation, was the school versus the medical evaluation. And I the, think and, that's the, m- and the main differences between those two and yeah. how it's important to get both and not to wait for the school because the school's not necessarily going to diagnose him with you know diagnose your kid with with autism they don't or, diagnose, yeah. or anything like that but they're gonna they it for them i feel like it's helpful to already have a diagnosis in mm-hmm. place because then they kind of use that as the barometer for their evaluation to see if it lines up with what their services will actually be so then they can kind of help provide um support right to assist in the, the areas where he has needs so, like Declan's been, he had, he barely had speech therapy. I would almost say he didn't no, really even have speech therapy, but tele- he's health? had occupational therapy. Yeah. Um, but even then, has he really had it as much as he possibly could? I mean, I know that you help him because Rochelle's the one that, I mean, I've been there for a couple of appointments, but I have to work in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Rochelle is with him and it's virtual so it's like it's really as much as Rochelle can do instructing him through the computer Mm -hmm. with the help of someone Mm -hmm. in telehealth as opposed to that person specifically using their knowledge to work with him face to face and Mm -hmm. and in person it's a
1: lot for me like it's no joke I think OT would have been so much easier on the parent in in a clinic setting Um, or if the therapist could have come in home but you know with the COVID that Protocols that wasn't possible. So the COVID, the COVID protocols. Oh, I said
0: I got the COVID. Well,
1: (laughs) different episode, but it was so actually. While it was very intense for me and frustrating, and on days where he had little capacity, I mean, it was it was really a struggle. But I learned so much more because I had to learn on the fly to intermediate that. You know, it's like she goes, "Okay, well, he's got low muscle tone on the left. Now we need to practice kneeling. What can we do to facilitate kneeling? How can we get him to?" You know kneel and then stand up and so he's learning to use those muscles so i have to get creative in the moment but it taught me you know volumes more although much more stressful so there's your give and take um but i, I think one of the other things that's really important to know is that when the school is evaluating kids they sometimes and i'm getting the impression from some of my clients that are that are also teachers is that these evaluators oftentimes are stepping in to evaluate kids where their families and parents don't even know that there's a problem with them. But their teachers have identified some developmental delays because they're not making progress um, in the timelines that the the student should be progressing in. And so then this team is called in to evaluate, is there a developmental delay? What does that mean? And then the parents are brought in to say, you know, and they kind of have to go, surprise, you know, your kid needs help. You know, your kid is having speech problems and or surprise your kid's autistic, you know, and they can't give that diagnosis, but they can definitely alert you to a problem versus if you're a parent seeking out a medical evaluation followed by a diagnosis. We, the parents have to initiate that. It's not like the doctors are coming to our door and going, hi, does your kid have a problem? Can I evaluate them? You know, the process. Right. It's
0: not the Census Bureau.
1: Right. (laughs) Although, so I think the schools are put in a very um, crux position, and I applaud the work that they're doing, and obviously, you know, the more we can support our schools, the better they can perform, but the initiating process for both of those um, groups is so very different that the schools have to continue to keep a narrow focus of educational impact in terms of quantifying these developmental delays because their job is to make sure that they have an environment that's suitable for our children to learn. And then, you know, what do they need to do to support the learning environment? But because for so long, you know, there were all of these differences in the age that you walk, the age that you talk, the age that you start doing all these milestones. And a lot of pediatricians were just like, oh, whatever, they'll all catch up on their own. And for decades, those pediatricians were wrong. And they just didn't know that what used to be an acceptable range between developmental ages had become a problem. Like it had become early indicators for these neurological um, developmental differences. And now the pediatricians are starting to catch up. But the schools and the pediatricians are the first line of defense almost in helping parents and families identify Autism and ADHD and dyslexia and working with parents that are trying to do both plus You know anxiety and depression is common in kids surprisingly common in kids under the age of 10 That's getting diagnosed far more often than I ever realized was possible. So I think to your point I Had a point you did you said that the school evaluation and the medical evaluation are two completely different I did make that point processes both are necessary and for two completely different reasons.
0: Yes, explain those reasons.
1: I just did. Oh,
0: I wasn't paying attention.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking about Chuck E. Cheese.
0: I was. <laughs> me and Chuck running you, through the did field. Did you want to
1: high five him?
0: I did, but yeah. he didn't come to me though. No, that's punk weird. ass, punk ass bitch. Well, no. Nope. I can't say that because we're we're actually being sponsored by Chuck E. No, I'm not no, not being sponsored by <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. That'd be amazing. They well, wouldn't sponsor us because because I use the f word.
1: Oh well, maybe. One of the things in the IEP Facilitate. meeting that was different between the medical evaluation. The medical evaluation, they look at everything and they give you this long report that says, here's all the places where your child needs help. And you go, okay, I'll let me go digest this. And it's really difficult sometimes to turn those um, individual points into like meaningful changes. But in the IEP meeting, we have a responsibility to make sure that our children, our child's needs are being adequately observed and met by the IEP team so it was important to be on top of the areas where we know Declan might need additional support even if it wasn't demonstrated in the evaluation so for example he tested at the table standing up most of the time so they didn't really get to see how he behaves when you force him to sit in a chair for a long period of time because he doesn't sit in a chair for a long period of time. Um, so we needed to bring that up like, Hey guys, stipulation, this stipulation, right? Because addendum. Sure. That works too. Um, I think the other thing that was really important that we brought up was that Declan does need a little bit longer to respond. I mean, we did that episode two weeks ago where you were really just open and honest and and transparent about your experience with that friend. Right. And how she made you feel. I was. And you took... I'm a hero. You are. So brave. You are brave. (laughs) But one of the things that I still think about from that episode is when, you know... We had
0: a moment of silence for Blake's intellect.
1: That's exactly right. And so that actually left such a sharp impact on me that... During this IEP meeting, and of course my fight or flight is high, because I'm like, oh God, am I going to get everything right? Am I going to remember it? Are they going to say something, and I'm going to agree, and I'm going to forget? And I remembered to say, you know, he needs an extra second to respond. And and um, what's bringing this up also is a conversation that, you know, we, we have going on Facebook with one of our listeners, Andrea, and I really appreciate the way that she is bringing – this forward for adults because she's right that in you know we talk about this for kids and for IEP plans we can say hey make sure the teacher knows to give him a few extra minutes to respond and everyone can go yes we're in agreement and they're going to get that time but as we've demonstrated in multiple episodes and as Andrea brings up here for adults it's not like and, and Kate has mentioned this too it's not like you can't you can't just walk up to someone in a social setting and be like, "I'm going to need a minute for you." Like you need to preface this this conversation with a label. You need to tell me, you know, why we're talking and then you need to give me a minute to think about it. You can't do that in a social setting.
0: You should be able to.
1: I agree that you should be able to. But what are the ramifications if you do?
0: We need glasses like Back to the Future style where like someone walks up and asks you a question and then it just says loading. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it had like a digital readout. Yeah. Well, well, before you start speaking, it'll just say loading dot, dot, dot.
1: That's hilarious. Yeah.
0: And then I can start talking when I'm ready.
1: I mean, I'm open to strategies. I mean, both Kate and Andrea have me thinking about this. This is something obviously you and I talk about um a lot here. So when I put my lens and my thinking cap on, how do we help to improve this situation? Like, how do we build the next generation so that... There isn't such a stigma against asking for the time that you need or, you know, being able to pre-qualify things the way you need. Or maybe it's just building the confidence to do it um, because neurotypicals do this all the time. They just do it with more bullying tactics. They just do it with more almost shame and social criticism. So they get what they want. They just they're doing it in a mean way and it's socially acceptable, which i think is also crap.
0: I mean, i don't think is bullying socially acceptable now.
1: Bullying itself is not socially acceptable. It's social judgment is socially acceptable.
0: No, oh, i think it's only fair to judge fat people and smokers. Okay. Just kidding.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm joking. I know. No, but th- no, but i'm saying like it's it's those are like the two areas where i think people still are like society wise i'm not saying i think it's a good idea but i'm just saying society still like if you are like a cigarette smoker and you're like people are like Ugh, you're disgusting and if you're overweight you know like i put on a couple extra pounds i have too. and people like my mom the other day was like you lost weight and i was like actually i think i gained some weight she was like really and i was like but thanks for bringing it up right
1: <laughs> weight is a is a touchy topic yeah and but i just like I if just... i'm missing if
0: i was missing a hand It would be very socially unacceptable for someone to go, whoa, what happened to your hand? Right. You know what I mean?
1: But don't you think that's fair also? I mean, we've talked a lot about work situations that you're in where someone just comes and rapid fires some problem at you and you barely even know what they're saying, much less referencing. And you've got to be like...
0: I sit and nod and I go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Do you have any idea what I'm talking? Nope. No idea. (laughs) Not a clue. No. But it, it's funny because they'll they'll sit there and then they'll like they'll leave and I'm like, I don't understand what happened in that exchange. I hope they do. Wow. Because they seem to get something out of it. I, is that just like a is that like a neurotypical thing to like walk in and just say, like what's on your mind, and then like leave? Like you just wanted to like give me an update. I don't know. I feel like we talked about this before, but I feel like if you're gonna give me an update, prefacing it by saying, "Hey, I'm going to give you an update." Right. Then I can actually understand what you're saying, because otherwise I'm trying to decode. Because you have to understand, like as as a if I if I'm trying to blend in and mask and right. be appearing normal,
1: which I don't think you should have to do for the record. Right, but,
0: but it's but it's it's something that you do your entire life. I can't correct. like now all of a sudden I'm going to stop no, doing it. it and just, he's already I'm, learning how to do it at, I've, at three. I've conditioned myself to do it, so at the whole time I'm sitting there like look normal. I mean, I'm not really literally thinking that the whole time. I'm just like, I just kind of stare off into space and, and try to look engaged. Right. Even though I have no idea. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe, I don't know what this person's talking about. I hope they do. Cause if they ask me a question, I don't know how to answer. Right. Like I'm having a conversation with myself. And then anyway, I, when they when but it's, it's, to me, it's when they leave and like, I didn't really contribute anything to the conversation. I'm like, what the hell was the point of that?
1: Well, so I've been studying this a lot because it bothers me and, and because it's been a point of concern here. One of the things I've watched my very neurotypical co-workers do um, is they absolutely... Maybe they're masking. I think they're, bum, bum, bum. I think they're emotionally codependent, okay. actually. I think what is more society-approved is this concept of emotional codependence where we don't actually have to own our own feelings. We do, but I don't think that's the trend. I think for a very very long time we have been taught to care more about other people's opinions of ourselves more about other people's acceptance more about their love more about their responses than we feel than our own feelings and so as a re, as a reaction to that we're very accustomed to giving away our power and that i think is what's created this format for this need to even mirror and, and mask in the first place and feel like you have to fit in because if we didn't have this belief that I'm going to exist and then you're going to give me approval for how I exist, then then you also wouldn't need to feel like you fit in. You would just feel empowered and not, not empowered, E-M, like empowered, I am, like you empower yourself.
0: I am confused.
1: <laughs> nice segue.
0: Thank you. I wonder, empowered and Empowered.
1: They're actually, yes, only... Isn't
0: one of those a, like an antiquated term that doesn't... It's... You're trying to bring it back?
1: I'm not the only one trying to bring it back. Okay. If you, it, I mean, the first time I started, you know, searching, I am powered.
0: I am. There was only one following. other site
1: that I could find that actually used the term. And now there's a couple. So it's not, isn't it an antiquated term? Yes. It really, it hasn't been seen in literature for, I don't know, since Latin was a... I have a question. Yes.
0: You know that Justin Timberlake, he brought sexy back. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it went away.
1: <laughs> okay. I anyway, don't either.
0: So that was, that's, that didn't make any sense.
1: That's funny though. Well, it's because we were talking about him. Today. Yeah.
0: Right. Oh, that's, that's right. Don't tell people I was talking about Justin Timberlake. It ruined my reputation. <laughs> I don't know anything about JT.
1: You're being kind. Just Tim. Right. J. Tim. J Tim. Well, I'm just, I would love to help craft a new generation that didn't feel like their ability to fit in or their ability to be accepted or their ability to be emotionally validated was dependent on anyone but themselves. And I think, and I hope, and I feel that the more we as individuals and adults can try and take this perspective that... Our own emotions and our own feelings and our own perspective of ourselves is more important than any how anyone else feels about us or whether or not we think anyone else thinks we fit in. Then we don't have to take that pressure of you know appearing normal, like you just said. I I still dream of a of a time where you can just say whoa 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 employee (laughs) ninety miles a minute. S- you know,
0: speaking of which I have uh an anagram for timberlake is blake time r do you know that no, just thought of that right now
1: it's very <laughs> interesting. R. blake time <laughs> okay,
0: keep going, sorry, okay, these are the things I think about when you're talking <laughs> and I'm then over you, here trying to change and then you the look world. at don't you remember like that there's a there's an episode of friends where um like Everyone is sitting and thinking about something. So you mm-hmm. see like Chandler's thinking about something. And then uh, Monica's thinking whatever. And then it gets to Joey. And like they're all thinking of these like more profound things. And Joey's like. Da, 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 right. da, da, and then Phoebe's, and like, who's then Phoebe's like who's singing? <laughs> you totally ruined it dude. Sorry. You said it first. I was supposed to say
1: it. Sorry. Anyway. I got excited because I actually how knew this
0: one. <laughs> that You knew that reference. But that's the thing. Like sometimes you. You look when you look at me and you're like oh he's not responding i'm like oh i wasn't i mean it's not like i'm not trying to listen but it's just like you'll say something and then there's no window for me to like swoop in there and like say whatever i'm thinking
1: so inadvertently i've become the employee in this situation and i'm just going off on my own thing and i have no idea and you're just sitting there
0: looking like because let me ask you this do i look engaged Not always, no. Oh, I, I was hoping that you were going to say yes. Sometimes you do. Okay. Well, most of the time, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really... I'm trying a real to confidence
1: be. confidence booster right there.
0: I'm trying to be. It's just that you need to talk in shorter bursts.
1: I know. For me to be I able struggle. to participate, it's harder. I try. I try and get all my thought out in this. Sh- it's
0: like sitting next to Shakespeare. It's just like these long-ass conversations, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't... uh Okay, what was the first thing she said again? <laughs> An hour ago, I have no idea. Hmm. So it's like I'm trying to, you know, gather those points in my head, and then I have short-term memory loss. Right. So then I, I try
1: very hard to make it concise, but sometimes I'm trying to make a point, and it requires me to paint a picture.
0: Yeah. I know. Paint away.
1: I just want the world to be different because we're raising a new generation. We all are, and at the same time, well, we're
0: raising one little teeny part. Of generation.
1: Absolutely. And then he's going to help raise the next. But I mean, our listeners are raising a generation. Like, we're right. all part of... The, and you're all part of the, the current generation. We are in a position...
0: What she's saying is the children are our future.
1: <laughs> no, Let them
0: lead the way. <laughs> no?
1: Are you degrading my point? Because no. I'm feeling really passionate about Can this. Can I not
0: be sarcastic and believe in something at the same time?
1: Yes, but you know, since I had a child and I lost, you know... That baby brain stuff doesn't ever come back. When
0: you say you had a child, it makes it sound like he was delicious.
1: <laughs> okay. Sorry. The, the pregnancy robbed my brain of vital nutrients. That's a weird also. thing.
0: Like I saw that in a movie. Someone said something about like, like oh I don't even know. yeah some some maybe was was it in my comedy class someone was talking about that like I'm mm-hmm. not even I don't even have a kid yet. And, like, already my memory loss. like oh, the- pregnancy,
1: man, it does. And I thought I was taking a ton of vitamins and doing all that. Apparently not enough because there are just – I understand the pain of short-term memory issues now more than ever in my life. And and it's been worse since recovering from COVID because, you know, part of what I'm working on in my brain is, like, it'll just disappear still. So I, I get it, but because of that, when I – feel like I know what I want to say I do tend to try and spit it all out so I don't forget it because the second you look at me different I'm gonna or start quoting a song I'm gonna hear that song in my head and then there goes my thought along with like wind beneath your wings so you know I I feel your pain is what I'm saying I'm not autistic but you know there are some similarities in the way when a brain just starts to function differently You know, it's it's like we can take the same road to chaos, (laughs) even if we don't have the same diagnosis.
0: Did you know that Wind Beneath My Wings is a song about bad gas?
1: Oh, God, no. The
0: Wind Beneath My Wings. No. Yeah. It's about a guy who had some chicken wings.
1: No, 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 no. It's too (laughs) inspirational to be about that. (laughs) I can't do it. I sang it with my fourth grade choir on Earth Day. It cannot be about that.
0: It's absolutely about that. On Earth Day? What's more about what's what's closer to the earth than farts? Oh
1: no, 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 no. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> well, this I is know
0: it's don't get mad at me because I'm so inspirational. <laughs> okay. And I'm so uh, you know, smart.
1: You are smart and you are inspirational and you are funny.
0: Um I feel like I sound like Forrest Gump all of a sudden. I'm smart.
1: Are you reading something? Are you multitasking in your
0: No, I was just looking at the time.
1: Oh, well, yeah. There you go.
0: Time to wrap it up. Okay. Time to finish your podcast.
1: No, 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 no. It's you don't sound, because you right. don't because sound you autistic because you don't sound Because you don't sound autistic. I'm not medically autistic. If it was
0: my show, it'd be called Autistic as <laughs>
1: No. Right. No, I mean it's a fair point actually because we continue to draw comparisons every every episode about the life situations that we encounter with people who do not validate or understand what autism... We actually had to make this point in the IEP meeting a little bit because while I love and respect and very, very, very much trust, you know, um, his preschool teachers, they also don't understand autism as fully and um, comprehensively as the evaluators. So they utilize the school to make... um, how do I don't want to say it like they asked the school for feedback about any challenges they have with him and they gave a glowing report and so they added that glowing report into the evaluation mix into the formula and it says well based on what we saw and based on what the school says and based on how he tested we don't think he needs quite as much support because your school said he's doing great
0: why are you talking weird
1: I'm trying to get it all out before I forget Because of this,
0: and because of that, (laughs) and because of these things. That's the way it is.
1: But we had to make the point that, you know, they don't understand autism and its nuances quite as, because he also, and he's, you know, obviously not even just three, even he has developed coping mechanisms right now that make him look and, and feel and sound less autistic. So we as parents have to fight for...
0: I want him to be more autistic. You do? Yeah. Make it obvious.
1: Okay. I should give him less nutrition? Stop feeding the biology part of it?
0: Stop feeding his biology.
1: Okay. That's, uh, so you're going to take him to school five days a week. It's not
0: called Chucky biology. It's called Chucky cheese. Oh, cheese. Pizza. Mm. That's what I grew up on.
1: That explains a lot. Thank you. There is a-
0: That's why I have wind beneath my wings. (laughs)
1: nice should that nice be the turn. name of the episode <laughs> wind, beneath my, wind wings. beneath my wings sure they'd have to listen all the way to this point to get it well that's the whole
0: <laughs> point right is to listen to the entire episode so you know what's I, going on you
1: know i just have to say i enjoy these podcasts with you how
0: about wings beneath my wind <laughs> <laughs> i like
1: that better you really are funny i oh, i hope that you continue to grow in confidence i know you're doing this comedy class you referenced it briefly um, I know you'll be performing in a couple of weeks. That's right. And
0: Anyone that wants to come out, make a make a big trip, fly out to Georgia, come see me on November 16th. I'll be doing stand-up comedy for the first time. Five whole minutes. Where at? I'm just going to be talking about holes for five minutes. Oh, I hope
1: not. <laughs> just kidding.
0: Um, at the Punchline in Atlanta.
1: Okay. Very cool. We have actually a bunch of listeners from the Atlanta area. Do we? We do. Oh, at sweet. least from the Georgia area. I don't know how.
0: Well, I mean, isn't uh, most of Atlanta in Georgia?
1: i had to think about that for a minute yes yeah all of atlanta is in georgia i I thought so i don't know the differentiation within the state of where people are gotcha okay so we have a bunch of georgia listeners i should reframe the way i'm saying this is that what
0: what you would call them georgians
1: i think so okay i think so i mean i'm proud i'm proud we have a lot of pennsylvania listeners also yeah but we're picking up uh, listeners in a bunch of states. so anyways my point i now forgot
0: sorry that's what happens when you do a show like this with a guy like To
1: compliment me. you. I was complimenting you oh. on your comedy. Yes. And how much I enjoy these podcasts with you. And even though we can, I know we get feedback of like, oh, you guys are a little tangential. And yes, of course we are. But I think all um, neurotypical, neurodiverse mixed couples are because there's such a range of things that are, we're all working on. And couples. We are a pair.
0: Yes. Of people.
1: We are a pair of people.
0: And w- and and sometimes we're pear shaped people.
1: <laughs> right now I'm a pear shaped person. Yeah. But my point is that I enjoy doing these with you.
0: Okay. Thank you. I enjoyed doing these with with you as well. Thank you. That sounded really confident and unbelievable. <laughs> I also am in the one that is enjoying
1: I know. I was like, does he really? Yeah, no. I but do. anyways, no, I, I think that uh, I I really appreciate your point of view. I think you're entertaining and you're funny and I enjoy you.
0: Oh, thanks. Yep. Right back at you, big guy.
1: Thanks. I'm a big guy now.
0: Well, you said you were pear-shaped.
1: <laughs> well, I am. Apparently. Different issue.
0: All right. Um, did we cover everything we wanted to cover today?
1: I think so. I think the only other thing to say is that uh, one-on-one support is available at rochellechandler.com. I also have um, every episode and different uh, podcast streaming sites um, available there. You know, You can pick your favorite. But there's, a, there's additional research and support there at uh, rishallchandler.com. So check us out there. If you have not already joined the Facebook group, um, you can do so from that page.
0: Sweet. All right. Well, I think it's time for some new music. I like that. And have a happy and safe Halloween, everybody. Have and, a sugar-free Halloween. And uh, we will be back um, hopefully next week, but at the very, I think at the latest we try to be about, you know, within two weeks, but, um, we're going to try and, uh, knock out another one in a week.
1: We really, we've done a good job of being every week. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless there's a big reason why.
0: Yeah. I was the big reason why last week, I think.
1: I don't even remember. I don't either. Week.
0: I was just making stuff up. So I was just taking the blame. I was taking the hit. Taking oh, it was the team. Zoo
1: at the Boo. Uh, boo at the yeah, it was Zoo at the Boo. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. Wings
0: beneath my wind.
1: <laughs> it was... We didn't get a nap time because he napped on the way back from the zoo. We got a 30-minute nap time, so that day was a... Right. The zoo was a great day, but the rest of the day was a disaster. It was
0: really boo at the zoo.
1: (laughs) It was. (laughs) Okay, that's what I meant to say.
0: He took a poo at the zoo.
1: He did. That was okay.
0: No? Maybe... Oh, should that be the name of the episode? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to wrap it up. My name is Blake. My name is Rochelle. I'm still autistic. We will (laughs) see you next time. Bye.